This, 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 this is mythical. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, Hot Doggers, the spectacular time machine ride finally comes to an end. This is our final throwback episode. And Nicole, I think we saved the best one for last. (laughs) That's right, Josh. It's what's the best pasta shape. And I don't know about you, but this was probably my most impassioned debate (laughs) ever. I came through with notes on my notepad. I was free falling. I was going crazy. I was talking about shapes and sizes and all that different kind of stuff. I totally forgot the fact that you like whipped out your phone notes. You were so proud of yourself that day. Yes, yes, yes. That was a very, very uh, incredible. Day. I mean, pasta is like one of the most diverse foods in mm-hmm. the world. And like there are thousands of noodle shapes out there. And to boil yep. down, pun intended, <laughs> your favorite one uh, to me is incredible. And I think it says a lot about you. And True. this spawn, didn't you get a T-shirt after this episode? Yes. A fantastic fan made me a T-shirt <laughs> and made all of us T-shirts, actually. Wait, did I get a T-shirt? You did, but you gave it to me what? and I wear it to sleep now. What the heck is my T-shirt? Anyways, I wear enjoy- it to sleep. <laughs> Anyways, enjoy this episode. And hey, starting next week, buckle the hell up because we are finally doing it. Nicole and I are finally ending the debate. Is a hot dog a sandwich? And to do so, we're bringing in multiple experts. We got a philosopher, a historian, a lawyer, and a business person. And we are finally going to touch the untouchable question and actually... See if we can solve this damn conundrum. And then finally, to wrap it all up, we got the biggest opinions or like casserole section ever. Not only are we asking your opinions on the matter, Nicole and I are going to hit the streets and take the debate to you. Make sure you're following us on socials. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to drop where we're going to be. And there's a chance we could just argue with you face to face. But for now, what's the best pasta shape? To any of you saying there aren't any questions few sillier than this one or that these results are rigatonied, you better or get out of town because today we set out to do the impossible. We're asking, what's the best pasta shape? This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Scherer. And I'm your host, Nicole Hendizade. And today we're talking about a hot topic. Nicole, this is what all the teens are talking about I on the message I shopped at Hot Topic when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I, I got so many good band t-shirts. Yeah, there. yeah. I was an emo girl. I, I, were you actually? Yes. Did you have like the scene hair where you kind of combed it down over your eye? No, I had really curly hair and then I would just straighten my really, really badly cut bangs and then I would just put a ton of eyeliner on and then I would wear like a him t-shirt. Did you? Oh, my God. Yeah, him. his internal majesty. Did they They had the the upside down heart, heart it pentagram? A, it was a heartogram, I believe. Oh, my God. You had the heartogram. Yeah. Anyways, today we're talking. Talking about what's the best pasta shape? I I have known this answer for years. I think you've you've mentioned it briefly, yeah. but I've we've never actually talked in depth about this, and I don't think I've ever revealed mine to you. That's okay. Do you want to tell me yours first, and then I'll tell you mine second? Well, I don't know if I'm ready. This is like a very vulnerable position. It to be is. In. It's a it's a big deal. Your like favorite pasta shape says a lot about you. I made a TikTok about it. It does. Oh my yeah. god, you totally did. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember what the answer. Okay, fine. I'm gonna reveal it, and then you can tell me what it, it says about me. Okay. But I believe that the best pasta shape is pappardelle. 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 For people who don't know, pappardelle is. If you think about the long, broad noodle spectrum, you got linguine that is quite thin. You have fettuccine that is a little bit bigger. And then you go one step up from that even wider is pappardelle. There's also some, you talk about like tagliatelle is also in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But pappardelle, these like very kind of broad, homey noodles, they cling to sauce so beautifully. It gives you a fuller mouthfeel than something like fettuccine and linguine. And I believe it is, if there was one pasta that I could have for the rest of my life, I believe it would be pappardelle. If you like pappardelle like Josh, this is your personality traits. (laughs) 
you like the finer things in life, but you're also a garbage raccoon. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Wait, I saw a video of a guy feeding like 30 raccoons really? on a park bench today. That's He's nice. Like feeding him. It was wild, but that's how I want to live. Okay. I want to live in a dumpster filled with pappardelle with a bunch of raccoons that come around, and I kind of train them to be my pets, but then really they're training me to be their pets. Yeah, I think pappardelle is a is a is an accessible noodle. I yeah. also think it's a little fancier, and mm-hmm. you know, it's really really easy to make, which I love. Mm-hmm. The average home cook can definitely make a beautiful pappardelle. You can buy dried pappardelle. So I, I think it's a great pasta, but I don't think it's the best. What's the best pasta? Hit me with it, Nicole. I'm ready. It's rigatoni rigate. Bam, 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 bam. And Maggie put in the bam, 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 bam. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Why rigatoni? Rigatoni rigate is why? very specific. I have a I have a list of 10 reasons why. Have you seen 10 things I hate about you? Is this about to be the Julia Styles? You have 10 reasons I love rigatoni rigati. Since since y'all can't see at home, Nicole has actually broken out an iPhone notes list titled 10 Reasons I Love Rigatoni Rigati. <laughs> and she will now read from that. Nicole, okay. the floor is yours. I hate re- I hate reading things off of lists because I think it sounds really inorganic, but this is the first time I've ever popped out a list, and I mean it. Okay. So it comes from the Italian Rigatone, which sounds like reggaeton, and I love reggaeton music. You do love reggaeton. Mercury is in yes. reggaeton right yeah. now. Yeah, which means uh, rigid or lined, and they're typically cylinders. What a fun shape. Cylinders, wow. I believe that it can hold any density of sauce without any issue. Works in simple butter parm situation, a thick bolognese, chunky pesto, even in brodo, which means broth. Baked. Have you ever had Baked. Rigatoni, it, rigatoni is one of the few pastas that can withstand being baked and keeping its integrity. Uh, it can withstand any sort of sauce you throw at it. Number three, the tubes allow for all the yummy mummy. I said yummy mummy. <laughs> I love that you're reading it as written. The tubes allow for all the <laughs> yummy mummy bits to stay in the actual pasta shape. Things can live in there and you won't even know until you take a bite. How fun is that pasta? Uh, the rigate... Uh, l- listen, I'm being serious right I'm, now. I'm listening very seriously. Okay. The ridges allow for an insane amount of sauce cling because the actual ridges are quite deep and they create these little micro channels where the sauce can exist. Where like something like a flat pasta, like a penne, wouldn't mm-hmm. exactly do that. Mm-hmm. And then you can eat it with a fork, a spoon... A knife and your fingers because you can literally put any. (laughs) (laughs) I know where you're going. (laughs) You can put your index finger in a rigatoni tube and (laughs) it off your finger. You can put it through a knife through it and (laughs) slurp it off the knife. And then you can stab it with a fork and you can pick it up with a spoon. Okay. It's not as messy as long pastas. I'm looking at you, fettuccine and pappardelle. Sorry. Hold on. I'd like to interject. You can wrap pappardelle around any part of your body. Let me list the parts of your body that you can wrap pappardelle around. Sure. Your ears, your fingers, your je- gen- your fi- your other your toes. Your friend Jenna. Your friend Jenna. Your friend Jenna. I just got a terrible visual in my mind of pappardelle bolognese just draped like a loincloth. Uh, and I kind of like it. Can I continue? Oh, please, okay, please. Okay, number seven. Have you heard of something called rigatoni pie on the internet? We're only on seven. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't prepare anything. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. You didn't have to. It's better when you I don't love prepare. This. No, I love that okay. you're so passionate. Okay, about this. rigatoni pie is like this new sensation where you take li- like pieces of rigatoni and you line it up in a in like a ten inch. A springform pan, and then you pour a bunch of marinara sauce and cheese on it, and you bake it, and it literally stands up, and it's a pasta pie, which is crazy to me. Like what? Like BuzzFeed, fourteen million views, possibly just on that video. <laughs> crazy. Number eight, accessible pasta while still being a little fun and flirty. <laughs> <laughs> This is a pasta that knows what she wants out of life, and she's gonna get it. She doesn't care who to trust. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is. This is me in a pasta shape, LOL. I wrote LOL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so passionate about this shape that someone on Twitter knew I loved it so much and they made me a shirt with a little rigatoni on it oh. on the phone being like, what's up, Fusili, you crazy bastard? <laughs> so, and, and number 10 is because it's delicious. And that, that's what this is about, yeah, right? And, and I'm sorry for being so long-winded, but I'm very animated right now. I don't know if you can tell. Like, this is just a really big deal to me because I love pasta. I could eat pasta every single day for lunch with no problem, and it would probably be rigatoni rigate. It's just a beautiful, delicious, easy-to-eat thing. I don't think I can counter any of your statements. So if you're a rigatoni lover like me... <laughs> 
Let me tell you what kind of person you are, your personality. You're fun. You're flirty. You're loved by many. Some don't really get you, but you don't care. Wait, what was what was I? What was Pappardelle? I I was I was. <laughs> you were a trash raccoon. Oh, that's right. That's also right. Also right. loves the fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm fun now. I'm a fun and flirty guy too. You know, I, I like to flirt. You know, you give the old winking gun at the bar. You know, you're up there. You're no. like, hey, send, hey, go send, go send that person a, a, a Cosmo, and then you give them the old winking gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I I feel boring now. Yeah, it's I feel a boring. boring. I feel boring about Pappardelle. But what is the point of pasta? You know what I'm saying? Like to me, pasta is Vehicle a very for it's a vehicle for sauce. Yes. And it's also very utilitarian food. It's simple, right? Yeah. Two ingredients at its base, flour and water, can roll it out yep. into pasta. For me, something like penne rigate, it's um, it's Baroque. Do you mean rigate? I'm talking about rigate. Oh, sorry, sorry. Rigatoni. Yeah. Something like rigatoni rigate to me, it's Baroque. It's got too many flourishes to it. And this is where you and I differ a lot. Crinkle cut carrots. <laughs> <laughs> we know too much about each other. We oh, don't know anything about each other's personal lives. We don't ask about it. We don't care. But our food preferences, we, we care an appropriate amount about yeah, each other's personal lives. I'd say so. Um, but like as far as food preferences go, the fact that you just love crinkles. You love crinkles and wrinkles on food. And I don't. And that's a very <laughs> crinkles strange. Crinkles and wrinkles? Crinkles and wrinkles. Yeah. You, you, have the, you have the little wrinkly rigatoni. Yeah. That soaks up sauce. But does it actually soak up a meaningful amount of sauce? Not soak up. I wouldn't say soak up is the right word. I think the sauce exists within the cylindrical nature of the pasta and in the ridges in a very microscopic, microscopic way. Microscopial? In a microscopic <laughs> form, yes. I think that it does hold a little bit more sauce. Not a significant amount of sauce, but that little bit that it clings onto and it keeps in its ridges, I think definitely makes a difference. Yeah. And, and that's enough. These little like microscopic things that you take for granted that you don't think would be a big deal. Yeah. But then when you actually eat it, like the difference between eating rigatoni rigate and normal, normal ass rigatoni. Yeah. You know, it's those, it's that little like I'm getting 3% more flavor in here and that is all it takes to push this <laughs> over the edge. That said, I would love to do an actual test with rigatoni rigate and uh-huh. rigatoni nore regate. I, I get, think I don't it's Cellini. I think it might mean Cellini might be the uh, the, the, the smooth. Because I typically go for like, um, what are the other ones? Like mostaccioli. Mm-hmm. Mostaccioli is like the very smooth pasta too. I love mostaccioli too. I love mostaccioli. I, and I agree with your baked point because having like a bake, you can do the spaghetti pie type of thing. But like, no, baked pasta has to be, you know, snub, snub nose noodles is what I call them. Something rigatoni, sure. penne, mostaccioli, yeah. stuff like that. But typically, if I'm thinking of like a pasta, especially an Italian pasta that I really want to eat, the slurpage is a huge part for me. I want mm. long, strandy noodles. Okay. But you don't miss that at all. You wouldn't miss that at all choosing rigatoni rigate. No, because I'm a pasta shoveler. I You're shovel shoveler. the pasta in my mouth. I don't do mm. – I, I I will twirl when the, when the time is appropriate and I'll slurp whenever I feel like it. But, yeah, I just shovel the carb in my mouth. You know what I'm realizing for myself? What? what? I don't really enjoy Italian pasta. Yeah, I mean, I mean, pasta. I mean, just the title of this is pasta shape, but the noodle, noodle is a all-encompassing, beautiful world. The the noodle world is absolutely beautiful. Yes. It is it is large. It is broad. Every culture cooks with noodles. Thinking Ashareshte. Yeah. In in Iran, pho. Uh, even yeah, pho, banfa. Like I love rice noodles so much. Even thinking about you know Mian in China, which is where Italy got pasta. Yeah. From in general, but uh, yesterday, right? I I had a box of spaghetti, and I almost never make pasta for myself. It's not something that I crave very often. I do love noodles, but I you know prefer to go to someone who knows how to make noodles better than mm-hmm. I do. But yesterday, I made this like coconut milk kind of like Thai curry chicken meatball situation. Lots of galangal and yeah, and uh, turmeric and basil. I? What? Where was I? We don't hang out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I made that and I was like damn I really want some noodles in this and so I just like boiled up some spaghetti and kind of put it in that sauce and then I ate it with chopsticks and slurped it and to me like spaghetti wasn't the ideal choice would have loved some rice noodles in there I would have loved some you know some of the sodium bicarbonate noodles the chewy uh, ones the chewy ones that have the Q the Q factor to it that's like the Chinese form of al dente in a way responding like oh really referring to like the perfectly um, chewy nature interesting it's called noodles. q yeah it's called cool. q because i guess that it refers to the kind of sound that the noodles squeak you know oh, interesting They're i'm like, like imagining a... yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's so interesting i never knew that yeah and i sat there and i just was slurping spaghetti with chopsticks out of this you know vaguely thai inspired broth yeah that's and i was like that's cool. to me what i want from a noodle but you know, we don't have to want the same things out of noodles. No, I don't think so either. I think the beautiful world of noodles allow for individualistic thought. 
and experience. But do you prefer pasta, like Italian pasta, as your favorite form of noodle? Yes. Really? Like, without question. What, what are your favorite pasta dishes? Uh, I love spaghetti alla norma. I'm just saying spaghetti because it's spaghetti. S- yeah, yeah. Spaghetti, spaghetti alla, alla norma. norma. Is, I it's love... like ham, peas, cream sauce. That's like an old school uh, Italian No, I'm talking dish, about right? the, the, the eggplant and tomato one. That's alla norma, isn't it? What am I thinking it? of? I don't know. Oh, sorry. We're Googling. Yeah, give us a sec, Maggie. We're Googling. <laughs> yeah, pasta alla norma is with uh, eggplant and breadcrumbs, right? No, just eggplant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what... I I think uh, you're thinking of a farmer's style. I forgot what it's called. Yeah. Ham, peas, and cream. Yeah, yeah. I, like I don't that. know what it... I, it's I like know, a bootleg American carbonara. Yeah, and they put like... Some people put mint on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I just don't know what it's called. I love pesto. I love my mom. Did I tell you the story of... Of bitch sauce? No. So my mom, bless her, she's the best woman in the world. She uh, <laughs> she read in a magazine somewhere about pasta puttanesca. Oh, I know. And going. you know about pasta, pasta yeah, puttanesca. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it yeah. has olives, capers, and beautiful, fragrant tomato sauce. And the sailors would come and come to the houses where the women would make it and, you know, have a good time with the pasta <laughs> and the ladies. And my mom, so she takes the word of, of ladies of the night and turned it into the B word. So she would make a sauce that was didn't have olives, didn't have capers, just a really... <laughs> Delicious tomato sauce. She, my mom, only makes her uh, pasta sauces from scratch, which I love about her. We never grew up with prego or rago oh, in the house ever. Never. You ever. missed out on the prego. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> and so every now and then, like when I would come home from school with my friends, my mom would lay down just a blanket of newspapers on the floor, put a pot of bitch sauce pasta on the floor <laughs> have me and my friends sit around the pot in front of the TV and just go in with bowls and put bitch sauce on oh her. my god yeah. so that's one of my favorite pastas I also really really like carbonara big mm-hmm. carbonara person mm-hmm. I don't like cacio pepe because whenever I make it at home it becomes a clumpy disgusting mess and one time I tried to make it for my fiance and uh, it was bad and I was embarrassed <laughs> oh that's so funny my my sister-in-law um, knew she had been dating my brother for maybe like six months at the time mm-hmm. I think they were still in college and I was like a, a teen, like 18, 19. But, you know, she knew that me and my brother really liked to cook and she doesn't really like to cook, but she wanted to kind of like prove her, you know, worth, I guess. And yeah. this is kind of one of the first times I really sat down with her for a long time. Uh, and she was making carbonara. And this speaks to another point about the sauce and pasta being dependent on each other, sure. right? Like there's certain pastas you don't want with sauce. Rigatoni, rigate, it's funny. She actually used rigatoni rigate okay. to make carbonara, which you should know is not a good pasta to make carbonara. It's an ex- It's okay. It's not well, the best. The trouble with it is carbonara, right? It's a sauce that's made from raw eggs that are mixed together with typically some sort of rendered like guanciale or bacon sure. fat. Yes. Uh, and the bacon pieces and then Parmesan cheese. Then you add the hot noodles to the sauce. You stir it. And the heat from the noodles will gently warm the sauce, pasteurize mm-hmm. the eggs, cook it just slightly. But when you're doing that with spaghetti, you have so many strands of noodles and there's so much steam trapped in between them mm-hmm. that the steam is actually what's heating up the eggs. Whereas you use rigatoni rigate, you're not getting all that steam together because there's such large noodles that have such, you know, they don't hold heat as well. It takes a little bit more practice yeah. to and be you- able to, to uh, tra- transition between different pasta shapes for different sauces. But when you learn and like you're actively like learning and like, mm-hmm. you know, trading things and, you know, doing your best... You can get it. Yeah, it's okay yeah. if you make a mistake one time. Anyway, so she just served us like undercooked pasta with like raw egg on it. Aww. And we're like, oh, Hannah. And then my brother and I were just like, we're, we're, we're going to go ahead and get up and fix this. Uh, That's nice of you guys. Hannah, I love you to death, but I will, <laughs> I will never forget the first meal Poor you cooked Hannah. for us. Hannah, I would have eaten it with a big smile on my face and then gone to a pasta restaurant. She doesn't cook. She's okay. she's the uh, She does other things. Some, oh my god, she makes such incredible scrapbooks with all of our family photos. That's kind of really special. And is also like an actual rocket scientist, but But she's a good scrapbooker. Great scrapbooker. Uh, do you like any stuffed pastas? Okay, cuz That's a good cause, point. Cuz we don't talk about like how bomb stuff like we just talk about like shapes like uh, flat noodles, long mm-hmm, noodles, mm-hmm. short noodles. We never talk about like the filled pastas, which is like endless possibilities and double the carbs. Well, well, well here's the thing. Here's the <laughs> tell thing. Me, here's tell the me. thing. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. Filled pasta is not pasta. I don't believe filled pasta is a pasta in the sense, I know this is a very controversial statement, but we use the term pasta to just refer to any sort of flour, water, possibly egg, dough, right? Okay. But to me, a filled pasta is a dumpling. Like if Get you look, out of here. Hold on, hold the no, phone. I, hate, I don't like the if you look, anymore. If you look to East, it's always going to get here, Nicole. It's always no. going to get here in the podcast. No, no, but I'm, I'm being dead serious. There's an episode of David Chang's Ugly Delicious where – 
Um, it was David Chang arguing against um, his name Mario Carbone. Is that his name? Or I mean, he owns Carbone in, yeah, in New yeah, York. Yeah. And they're arguing, like, what are, who has better dumplings, Italians or uh, I think David Chang maybe just said Asians. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, they were comparing, like, you know, the shumai, the hargao, the whole, like, um, Chinese uh, dim sum offerings to Italian-filled pastas because those are just dumplings. Well, right? can't can dump can't they be both? Can they be pasta dumplings? But if you think about like all of we conflate Italian filled pastas with non filled pastas. I'm not saying conflate necessarily, but like if you look at you know any sort of Asian culture, right? Uh-huh. Like the difference between like dumplings and noodles seems a lot more clear cut in a way. Maybe. Not Maybe I'm really. oversimplifying People that. put dumplings in, in broths and stuff. Yeah. People eat dumplings with But they're noodles. too, like, they, it still seems like they're two different categories, like dumplings versus noodles, and they wouldn't be, like, conflated in the same. But you, Is there one encompassing word that would cover both dumplings and noodles? I don't know enough about any sort of Chinese-based language. But I've always thought that was really interesting, the way that we treat, like. But it's the dough. But but the dough is, uh, the doughs are different. In Asian cuisine, right? Like the noodle yeah. dough and dumpling doughs are different. But the doughs for pasta and filled pastas are the same. Are they, though? They're but it just depends. A thinner. But they're just so a many, thinner. But there's so many different... But there's so many different... But there's like different... Another thing is people don't kind of realize how many different sort of methods there are for making pasta as mm-hmm. far as like egg to flour ratio, as I far guess. as different types of flour being used. Because like... This is another whole situation mm-hmm. on I, I don't like al dente pasta. To me, a true oh al dente pasta, God. I know, true true al dente pasta to me tastes undercooked. And this is not, I know where you're what? going, Nicole. It's not just because I have soft teeth. What? I'm sorry, <laughs> but, my, my infliction just keeps getting higher and higher because I don't know what's happening right now. I'm so upset. I don't. I, I <laughs> And there's a restaurant in L.A. called Felix that... Have you been? I have never been. But Let's I go. don't know if I want to go because I... Love the chef, Evan Funky, but apparently he, like, very much cooks his pasta to an al dente that some would consider undercooked, including the late great food critic Jonathan Gold. And he was like, he wrote this beautiful thing where he's like, I believe Chef Funky and I, this is my Jonathan Gold impression, I believe Chef Funky and I have fundamental differences about the doneness of pasta. You know, he, he like, said that and it was basically saying, like, yo, dude undercooks his pasta. And uh-huh. I agree with that. When I eat pasta, especially good fresh pasta, I want that sumptuousness. I want I the tenderness. I don't need to have the bite maybe i like al dente boxed pasta and mm-hmm. i like well-cooked quote-unquote fresh pasta because there's there's a big difference some yeah. people say you can't get true al dente with fresh pasta yeah and if i you don't try, think you can either you're just eating raw dough yeah agreed agreed I, okay i agree with you on the on the note that fresh pasta should be cooked to perfection yeah, yeah. quote-unquote like yeah, yeah. not too toothsome not too not too soft but box pasta when it has just that little little faint ring like whenever I look at a rigatoni regatta and I bite in the middle of it and there's a little little faint ring of like whiteness it like brings me so much oh joy. no you get the oh what? that's just like raw uncooked flour no that's, it's not I, it's I know my little... pasta is done when there is no more white ring just a baby one like a this <laughs> like a decent don't want to see any of the white ring like the si- like the size of the tip of a needle around <laughs> are you serious no, no i to me to me that's undercooked but again it, this is all a matter of preference and yeah. that does affect what kind of noodle it's you like it's my like, cue i love thin ribbony pappardelle it's my absolute favorite or tagliatelle i think there's a lot of different names for it and this is like a particular style if you go to a restaurant called Wovo which they ship their I've pasta in I've been there before Do you like it? No. Do you do you like it because their pasta is not chewy enough? It was dark. Well, the, the <laughs> restaurant was just dark. God, you're one of those. Oh, you're one of the people that goes on Yelp and is like there were a lot of restrictions in the area on parking and I didn't <laughs> yeah. like that and my wine was served 2 degrees warmer than it should. Okay. No, sometimes depends on my mood. No, it was so dark. I felt like I was eating pasta in a nightclub, which I've done. <laughs> be- all I- which I've done before one time. One time, me and my friends went to a club, and the guy had pizza and pasta at his table. I'm like, I'm going to that table, baby. <laughs> Some people get bottle service. Nicole gets pasta, gets noodle service at the club. Literally, he brought. He got mulberries, and he was passing the big box around to the table. And then right behind him, he had a tray of spaghetti and meatballs, and he was passing it off to everyone. Ah, oh, I miss. I who miss who goes to a club and just passes out spaghetti and meatballs? <laughs> my kind we're, of friends. Some strangers, man. It's L.A. It's L.A. Maybe we should hang out. I want to go party with you. <laughs> you never told me what your favorite filled pasta is. You have ravioli, oh, yeah, you yeah. have tortellini, you have caramelle, you have agnolotti. Yeah, yeah. We, we got sidetracked. 
Um, I've actually, funny thing is me and Julia have been really into making pasta lately from That's scratch. Awesome. We got, you know, the whole pasta attachment from KitchenAid, been playing with different egg to flour ratios, et cetera. And we've been doing a lot of filled pastas. Cool. Uh, we did this awesome like braised beef cheek tortellini that was really fantastic. And those are actually really fun to make and not as hard as, I mean, I'm sure to make them perfect is hard, yeah. but you can make a pretty damn serviceable tortellini. So I dig that, but there's one kind of thing with filled pastas that that get to me, and it's the reason I hate um, farfalle so much mm-hmm. or bow ties. Mm-hmm. The center, the center, the center. Yeah. It's hard. And again, as someone who's allergic <laughs> to undercooked pasta, something like tortellini, you're getting the folds that are inconsistent. So to me, agnolotti is probably the perfect filled pasta because I it's agree. just symmetrical. I love agnolotti. I had the agnolotti from Bestia with saffron. I don't know what it was. It was like a cacao saffron situation. Oh, is it? Yeah, I know the exact dish it you're talking about. It was so mind-blowingly delicious. Were there currants? There was like currants in a demi-gloss sauce? I think sauce? so, yeah. Oh, yep, so yep, good. Yep, yep. That Everyone my... goes to Bestia for, for the bone marrow and gnocchetti. Na, no. na, na. Go for, the, go for the cacao and currant. I think it was actually pakeri technically, but it was like very similar to- I don't know. They said agnolotti on it. Oh, did on it? the menu. But I actually got that bone marrow dish one time and I went with my chef from school who's mm-hmm. like my very good friend and like my, he's like- maybe like 40 years older than me. Like he's my buddy. So we went to Bestia one time and then we had the bone marrow and then he took his cup of water and threw some water in there and then mixed it up and it completely changed the Did dish. Did it make it better? So much better. It probably some emulsified water you into know, the bone marrow to make it a real sauce. We've done that three times at different restaurants where he literally takes his cup of water and throws I it I love in. that. Because water is such an important ingredient in pasta, not only yes, pasta making, in time. cooking, but in pasta making, a little dash of water, typically pasta water, but <laughs> water from your glass at a restaurant, yeah. completely changes the emulsification and the mouthfeel of your pasta dish. Yeah, that's a big thing. Uh, a thing I've noticed when cooking pasta, and especially at a restaurant where you know something's going to sit for a couple minutes before it ever reaches yeah. the table, is that if you think your pasta looks perfectly sauced in the pan, that's going to dehydrate and soak up by yep. the time. So you have to like leave it in a puddle. But if you plate it in a puddle, then it's going to like leave weird marks and whatever. So yeah, that's a brilliant thing. Just splash in some water in there. Literally, we would just go like <laughs> we, we did. He did that at the Nomad Hotel too one time. Oh, that's fancy. Yeah, we did that at the Nomad. We did it at Bestia, and I forgot the other place we went. Oh, I think it was a it was a seafood restaurant called the like, called the Black Cat and Sunset. It was an old restaurant. Yeah, that was... um. That was a seafood spot. David... God, I used yeah, to know yeah, the yeah. chef. I used to have to know all these things. You remember? Yeah. <laughs> what is that dude's name? He started... Um, was it The Hungry Cat? I think it was The Hungry, Hungry Cat. Cat seafood the, restaurants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind Sunset. Mm-hmm. Behind all the yeah, yeah. Uh, like places and stuff. I used to... This is shocking, like, knowing who I am now and what my business is, which is mostly making, like, fast food redos. And we do some nice fancy food. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you've all seen the show. You've heard me and Nicole talk. But, like, having to be a fancy person, I mean, I, I was essentially a food critic. You were. In L.A. for, for L.A. Magazine. I would have sure. to, you know, make a reservation under a fake name. What was my – oh, my fake name was Torbild Jakobson. But then people – it's such a Tor- – Isn't that the kid from Hey Arnold, Torvald? Is there a Torvald in – I don't know where I got Torvald from. Torvald was a was the jock kid from <laughs> Hey Arnold that, that Hey know. Arnold tutored. So he could pass his classes. Oh, my God. I've never – I didn't Torvald. watch a lot of Hey, Ar- hey Arnold. <laughs> I would make reservations under the name Torbild Jakobson. <laughs> and then I would get there and be like, do you have Torbild Jakobson on the list? And then people started talking to me. And I had this whole, like, fake backstory. And for me, like, if you actually wanted to do a fake name, you'd be like, you know, uh, Dave Smith or something sure. like that. Torbild Jakobson is pretty noticeable. So it turns out restaurants started noticing that – Torbild Jakobsen was me. Because really? a lot of restaurants would actually have like pictures of me under their host podiums. And all, I mean, also, if probably there's probably this only so eight. There's probably only eight full time food writers in LA at any given moment. Um, probably more with the way the LA Times has been hiring. But so, you know, these PR firms who represent restaurants, they're like, we're going to get pictures of all these people who may be writing about it for major magazines and oh we're going to give it to you, write descriptions of them. And it was really funny because there was another dude who kind of looked like me uh-huh. who wrote for like a competing paper. And apparently on my sheet at a particular restaurant in Culver City, uh, it said like, <laughs> Josh looks like other guy <laughs> thinner. And <laughs> so I'll just give him crap and be like, ah, they think I'm thinner than you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'll never forget. I went to uh, Osteria Labuca. Very, you know, I love that. Place. Love Osteria Labuca, and they had this very cool kind of Italian ramen dish. And it was my first time out with our truly anonymous food critic. No one had a picture of this dude. His name is Patrick Hugh. He is a lovely man, brilliant writer. Um, but I felt very out of my depth. I was like 23 years old, and. 
the, you know, sommelier comes with the wine and Patrick, he's literally like a trained poet who cooked on the Spanish Riviera. What? And he like takes the sample of wine and he like puts it up to the light, examines the hue, and then he tilts his head. He goes and kind of chews the wine. And then he just goes, I believe this is about three degrees above cellar temperature. If you could chill it down for about another eight minutes and then bring it back, that would be lovely. Thank oh, my you. God. And I was like, what a baller Oh, my move. God. I would love to hang out with people like that. Every Holy time God. I get the wine poured, I just drink it going, yeah, that's great. That tastes like wine. <laughs> I want to drink it with spaghetti. <laughs> Meantime, they're like, because all my friends are like, Nicole, you're the food person. Like, try the wine. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm the food person. And then I go... Yeah, that's really good. And then I'm just like, what did I even drink? Oh, like, you could have dry. Just... Yeah. Ooh, this is Spanish. Yes? Okay, yeah, yeah, it's Spanish, it's Spanish. Um, we talked about our favorite pastas. Now, tell me about your least favorite pasta. Ooh, angel hair, capellini, uh, useless, or, or, too thin. Orzo. Oh, orzo, orzo. yeah, yeah, orzo. Is... Buy orzo. Get rice. Just get rice just if get you're doing rice. orzo. Uh, but no, there, I mean, there's a lot of, like, Pastas I kind of grew up. We just grew up eating a lot of angel hair because it cooked in four minutes. My dad loves angel hair. Yeah. Prefers angel hair. Angel hair with prego, roasted garlic, and herb sauce. I'll still eat it. Again, even the worst pasta is still pretty good. Except, man, orzo really sucks. Yeah, orzo sucks. There's there's some good um, manestra. Manestra. It's okay. a really delicious baked Greek orzo dish. And I think orzo has very long-standing roots in Greek. I also do not typically enjoy Israeli couscous or fregola as it's called. The pearl? The pearls, yeah. You don't like pearl couscous? Like pearls. You like the it's actual, baby food. like, it, hand? Yes. Okay. Handmade actual North African couscous is really fantastic. Yeah. But just the little balls of pasta I don't dig. One thing that I do love is how insanely myopic and specific pastas can get. Yeah. And restaurants will, like, compete to see who can have the most obscure pasta. Stropasasetti. Strozzapretti. What's that one? Strozzapretti is a great pasta. It is a DNA double helix, essentially. Do you know a radiatore? Yeah, radiator pasta. Radiator. Looks like radiators. I had it. Yeah, I had it. Elemento too. Yeah, I had an Elemento, and it has fenugreek in the in the sausage mixture. That's why it tastes like (laughs) gourmetsabzi. Yeah, it tastes like gourmetsabzi. It tastes like a yeah gourmetsabzi. Like if you if you were to actually go down to my favorite pasta shape, like I love pappardelle, and this other pasta shape satisfies the same things that I love. It's like big, broad, sumptuous. You slurp the sauce; it gets stuck in the corners of your mouth. But it's called mandili di seta. I don't think I've ever heard of it. Again, so many of these things are so regional, but mandili di seta, it's, I think, known as handkerchief pasta. I've seen it with pesto sauce. Yeah, yeah. It's a very pale green pesto. Handkerchief pasta. So good. Interesting. Because it reminds me of, um, hold on, what is, it's the Chinese uh, uh, chung fun, chung fun, the rice rolls Uh that you get at dim sum. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's basically, again, so many of my favorite Italian pastas are just like, noodles that I enjoy eating in other cultures that yeah, are kind of the, it sounds like it yeah that's so interesting uh, there's another one called corset, Corsetti Stampati I know the one with the stamp yeah yeah this yeah, is, yeah yeah you mean, you mean stamp you mean stamp pasta stamp pasta it, that's fun yeah that's just fun we should do a that's mythical kitchen everybody. one uh, Beagley Beagley or also known as Peachy is another fantastic obscure pasta it is hand rolled spaghetti one? No. Oh, um, no. What's the Risoni is also what Orzo is called. There's so many different names for all these pastas. Oh, the, my it, my issue with Peachy, you said? Peachy? Yeah, yeah. Peachy? Peachy. Peachy is uh, it can get – no, people don't know how to cook it. Yeah, you got to boil it for a long time because it's literally just one giant – and again, this is just Chinese hand-pulled noodles. <laughs> this is the uh, southern <laughs> Italian version of Chinese hand-pulled noodles. Yeah. That's just this rolled out giant spaghetti strand. I have not had a good – every single restaurant I've had – Peachy before it's. I don't think they call it peachy, but like I think uh, Beagley is the other okay. name. Okay, yeah. And it's... peachy, I believe, is a slang term for male genitals. Oh, and cool. Someone told me that recently. Interesting. So that's exciting. Well, other than that, <laughs> every single time I've had it, it's just been an undercooked, chewy mess, and not an enjoyable chewy. Again, mm, it's that yeah, weird yeah. al dente that fresh pasta doesn't really mm-hmm, give you. Mm-hmm. So mm, I guess I'm just not a big peachy fan. Lasagnette. <laughs> Lasagnette. Lasagnette. What's that one? It's just... essentially a frilled version of pappardelle. Essentially, like think about you know the curly lasagna noodles. It's like that, but they're very um, thin, maybe like a centimeter or less wide. So it's like a, a, a frilled lasagna. Oh that my you can god! Slurp. Oh Those my god! Dankity. I've seen people eating these on the on the Instagram. Holy crap! Yeah. And then they like sell it as like super large lasagna noodles. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, give me more. I love, oh my God. I just want to eat a bowl of pasta. Like, Actually, I, God, I do too. And what? I'm not, I, I had like, what, <laughs> teriyaki meatballs five minutes ago? <laughs> I've been eating Taco Bell all day. <laughs> that is true. That is absolutely true. That's not just me being on brand. A very cool trend I saw recently 
that I'd really like to try. And apparently it, it messes with a lot of trypophobic people. Mm-hmm. Um, this is shout out to at Foods of Jane on Instagram. She is the absolute pasta queen. Go give her a follow. She posts the best pasta porn I've ever seen. Um, but it is a giant long fusilli noodle. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's literally like a two-foot-long fusilli noodle that's curled up like a snake. Yeah, this is what's in right now. It's those long, weird, frilled or swivel mm-hmm. noodles that you that like food bloggers and mukbangers are eating. I'm so <laughs> you don't get it. Like this is what I wish my job was. I have a cool job right now, but if I could just eat long-ass pasta all day and have people watch me, I feel like you would be really good at that. I feel like that. I mean, yes. Again, you have a fantastic role here, Thanks. and I, I, I wish you the best in, in your future career endeavors and all that. Um, but Mukbang is yeah, I know. I feel like you'd be so good. I feel like you have that that commanding personality, you know, that could like really get people hooked in. Yeah, 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 big time. And, and I feel like you'd be happy more than anything. I'm happy here. Yeah, talking about pasta shapes. Yeah, with but you. we're talking. Hold on, we're talking about pasta shapes. But imagine just eating pasta all day. Yeah, you could just do that. Yeah. God, I feel like I should airbud you right now. Just like, just leave, buddy. Get out of here. Like, Nicole, leave. Go chase your dreams. I love Go that Go eat pasta movie. in front of an iPhone. Didn't he? Wasn't airbud owned by a clown? Yeah, he was owned by an abusive clown. But then um, a, a small boy gets him, played by Kevin Zegers. Great, great role. Uh, very well acted. And then the dog teaches him self-esteem through playing basketball. But the Aww. weird thing is, is that... They put the dog in a basketball uniform and then put him on the court. And then they're like, a dog can't play basketball. And then someone's like, show me where in the middle school Ohio basketball rules it says a dog can't play. And everyone's just like, yeah, I guess. Like, no, this is a <laughs> safety issue for the players. Like, also, that is an safety o- issue for the dog. Safety issue for the safety dog issue for short. everyone. Dog is t- dog ain't that tall. What if, the, what if the dog got hurt? What if, I mean, that yeah. dog bites a kid. Yeah, which is reasonable. Like, kids get bit pl- by other kids in basketball. You don't think a dog? <laughs> Did you get bit? Yeah. Oh, you get bit all the time. Yeah, I bit you people. Go- you you bit people? <laughs> no, I didn't bite people. You were now. a bite child? No, no, no. I don't I don't deal with kids that bite. Everybody is. I mean, and then and then and then not only was that that dog a basketball prodigy, then an Airbud golden receiver, he becomes a football prodigy. Then an Airbud world pup, the dog can play soccer. Then an Airbud the same dog, back. or is it like Airbud? No, they killed the dog after every movie. No, got a no, new no, dog. no, no, no. I'm talking about the storyline. Oh like, yeah, is yeah. It yeah. The sa- it's the same Airbud, or is it like different like universes of Airbud? I think it's the same buddy, but then they his name like, is Buddy. Yeah, yeah. Airbud buddy. So like Airbud. Shut up. <laughs> But then, but then, buddy, we should just have a second podcast. Josh complains about movies while Nicole uh, recaps the plot. <laughs> then the dog has puppies, and then it's a whole situation. Oh my god! What I think, then I think, I think the next is one is it called Air Buddies? I think it actually is. It Shut be. up! Then there was Space Buddies, where the dogs were in space. I think, though, I think, I think they need to make like a badass drag racing streetcar driving Airbud. Oh, I, I thought think... you were talking about RuPaul's Drag Race no. dogs. <laughs> Shantae, <laughs> no, you stay. Woof. <laughs> so I think, Nicole, what we've learned in all this yes. is that the Airbud franchise really needs to keep going indefinitely. And yeah. the moment the Airbud franchise stops making movies is when I think we stop making this podcast. Deal. What if they stopped a long time ago? Yeah, they may have. Yeah, I don't they think we should have. bank on it. But, but let's talk about our noodles. Let's talk about our back to our, noodles. Back yeah, to noodles. Noodle, back to noodles. Our final statements on our noodles. I think that I'm not budging, and rigatoni regatte is the best universal noodle for pasta. I think pasta is such a subjective matter. And again, I'm always the one who rushes in like the Kool Aid Man, going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa subjectivity is a farce." Um, But no, this is something where if you are a pasta lover and you have any sort of strong opinion about it, I defer to you. It's like Trevor says, when someone's talking about something he doesn't care about, I do care about this and I certainly have opinions. But he just goes like, I'm not emotionally invested in this. It's like, I'm not nearly, Nicole, you blew me away with that list (laughs) and your passion about that today. Like my love of pappardelle is almost like a default. Like, look, it's a good safe noodle. It soaks up some sauce. It's a little bit thick, yada, yada, yada. But you, I mean, you had a literally a ten part list about yeah. why, and I, I love that. I mean, that's like the essence of what this podcast is about, right? It's all about the passion behind mm-hmm. food sure. and just arguing why. And you literally came with a filibuster in hand, and that I respect. I literally now am craving rigatoni rigate with some like totally BS mushroom ham and peas situation, baked with like random shredded mozzarella from the Smart and Final on top. Great, and I want that. I'm so glad that you liked what I said and what I do and that you want me to leave here and be Airbud. <laughs> so thank you for the time that I was here and I'll see you next week doing the same thing. 
All right, Nicole, we've heard what you and I have to say, but now it is time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call Opinions Opinions are Like Casseroles. Most of these come from Instagram, but we keep saying Twitterverse. Twitter, not very many daily. Did you know that Pinterest has significantly more daily users than Twitter? Pinterest? Yeah. I love Pinterest. I love Pinterest too. A uh, great food blogger resource. Great way to compile recipes. No, I don't use it for that. What do you, oh, you're on there for wedding. You're on there for <laughs> wedding inspiration. I know you are. Me too, girl. I just want to ring. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At, we got Kim Lawrence on Twitter says, Ratatouille is just super chunky, almost overrated pasta sauce. Kim, say it with your chest. Don't put almost in there. <laughs> Lean in, girl. It, ratatouille is over. Well, I don't know if it's overrated pasta sauce. It's basically a super chunky pasta sauce, yeah. but I dig that. I think it's a great side dish. Yeah, I almost feel like the veggies are so chunky that I can't necessarily enjoy it with a pasta shape, but mm-hmm. I see what you're saying, Kim, and it makes a little bit of sense to That's, me. I, I'm someone who very much, when I'm cooking at home, it's a lot of just utility foods. Like, I'll make yeah. special meals for me when I really want to, but most of the time it's like... <laughs> for me. <laughs> I want a meat, I want a veg, I want a starch, and like something like ratatouille is a perfect thing that you can batch cook. And it's like tasty, it's warm, it's comforting, it's vegetables filled with flavor. Yeah. Got some fiber in it, got your riboflavin. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> meal prep situation. Yeah. Uh, and it's in, again, it, like this is peasant food. It's French peasant food. It's not supposed to be the fanciest, best thing you ever ate in your life. Connor from Milk is Cow Sauce. Eating eggs straight, such as hard-boiled, fried, or poached, is disgusting. Who on earth looked at a chicken, <laughs> seeded, put out an egg, and thought, hmm, I might eat that? Um, let me just explain to you, man. Eggs are delicious. They're the building blocks of food, unless you're a vegan. And um, they're delicious. And don't be such a hater. Uh, expand your horizons and eat a dang egg. If loser. I see any animal poop out a hard, solid, shiny thing, I'm going to crack it open and see if I can eat it. That You can quote me on that one because <laughs> that's a little miracle. Like, it's not like you're seeing an animal, an animal just drop a dookie. Like, this animal poops out just like this perfectly symmetrical, geometric, shiny shape. That's yeah. wild. Of course I'm going to crack it open and eat its insides. Yeah, come on, Connor. Also, I'm mad other, at you, Connor. This sucks. The other day, I just cracked four eggs in a pan that should not fit four eggs, <laughs> took a shower, came back. They were all perfectly sunny side up, and then I just ate it with my hands because that was where I was at. Yeah, I love eggs. Yeah, love me some eggs. All right, Noah Endicott says, I think sweet chili sauce is an underused condiment. It is extremely versatile and can be put on almost anything. This came up when we did best dipping sauce. A yeah. lot of people threw Thai sweet chili sauce out there. Yeah. Which I, I think is delicious. I think it is a majority sugar. It's corn syrup. A lot of corn syrup, especially the Too stuff much. that we're going to like get in the States. You know, uh, yeah. there's a lot of like Thai chili sauces that I've had that are like incredibly sweet, but very, very fragrant and delicious. But I think a lot of people who like Thai sweet chili sauce are mostly in it because they like just putting sugar and wet on their food. Yeah, it's too corn syrupy for me. I think it's delicious when it's utilized in... Thai food and mm-hmm. some other Asian cuisines. I like it on pizza. Um, you like it on pizza? Yeah, I like to dip my fries in it sometimes, but I do think it's a little bit too corn syrupy, and I just don't like eating that when, corn syrup. When I was a kid, uh, total latchkey kid, I mean, from the age of like eight, and I would microwave myself hot dogs until they slightly exploded, mm-hmm. and I would put it in a bun with Thai sweet chili sauce, and I would roll the hot dog around so it gets glazed in the sweet chili sauce. And that, to me, is still a delicacy to this day. So I, I do agree. I, I love Thai sweet chili sauce. But as far as universal dippability goes, to me, I'm, I'm missing out on a lot. Also, I'd probably go eel sauce over that. Give me some eel sauce. It's like teriyaki with some funk. I love eel sauce. Oh, I love eel sauce. DF from DCMFD88M says, leftover pizza should be folded over itself mm. and reheated in a waffle iron. Good idea. Agreed. I'm Way snapping. to go, DF. I'm Good job, right DF. Now. We agree. Yeah, yeah. Because... This is actually a kind of interesting point. It's like leftover fries are never going to be as good as fresh fries. Leftover pizza, some people like to eat it cold. I'm not the biggest fan. I like cold pizza. You like cold pizza? Yeah. I like cold fried chicken. Cold any chicken. Uh, (laughs) But leftover pizza, no matter which way you heat it, and I have my particular method. I like microwaving it and then hitting the bottom in a pan. It like melts the cheese. It doesn't get it too crispy. Mm -hmm. But I like this idea of just changing it entirely. Yeah. Like, screw it. We're going to turn it into a new dish. This is a good idea. Yeah, that's smart. All right, Nate Schreider says, fajitas are just Mexican stir-fry and Philly cheesesteaks are just American stir-fry sandwiches. Um, I mean, well, I guess. What Depends do you call what stir-fry? Lens, I guess it's just the lens that he's looking through out of it. Like, also, fajitas are very interesting historically. Fajitas typically referred to a specific cut of meat 
that was like grilled over open flame. And Mm -hmm. then all these restaurants started adopting this kind of like not necessarily Mexican, but like what they were referring to as Southwest American lens, thinking about Chili's and Applebee's and all these places. Uh So they started doing sizzling fajitas where it was just bell pepper and a random cut of steak kind of chopped up in a pan. Uh, And so that kind of, you know, changed the game and took it out of that. But I guess it just depends on what you mean by by stir fry. Is anything kind of chopped up and cooked on a a griddle or any flat surface stir fry? Again, I think our buddy Nate here is looking at it specifically from a stir fry lens. And I love that. Yeah. It's a different way to look at food. I like that. Ken Fleming says the best chicken condiment is HP brown sauce. It checks all the boxes. Sweet, tangy, delicious, not too overpowering. It's like barbecue sauce's hotter British half-brother. Uh, I hate brown sauce. I hate A1. I hate all of these steak sauces. It's just like just, I, I can't I can't enjoy it. I'm it tastes sorry. like raisins. It tastes like raisins. Uh, it tastes like raisins and liquid smoke and sugar. And I just I believe you for you that you like it, but I just can't wrap my head around it. I'd rather just dip it in ketchup. Calling HP brown sauce barbecue sauces hotter British half brother. It's good. Not hotter. You ever like. You ever have that friend who, like, they look at someone, could be a celebrity, could be someone on the street, and they're just like, oh, they're hot. And then you're like, you have very peculiar taste, which is not bad, but you're like, that person, societally speaking, uh-huh. isn't, isn't classically. Yeah, but the fact that you have a look and a type that you really enjoy is kind of very beautiful and speaks to, you know, the diversity of experience that we can have in this world. And that's what HP brown sauce is. It's definitely not objectively hotter than barbecue sauce, but I understand. It's 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 unique. Like they look. It's like the you got a, like a like a birthmark on your face. It's kind of hot. Yeah, hot hot birthmark. Hot birthmark. I no, beauty a, mark. Beauty mark. That's did what you know for. that I don't have a birthmark? Really? Yeah. Do I, I think that means that my soul is new. Like I didn't die in a past life. Oh, like you weren't reincarnated? Yeah. Or did but you want to go down this rabbit hole? But I've had like a past life regression once, and it was really interesting. Who were you in a past life? Oh my god! Do you really want to know? Like yeah. right now, right now? Um, We're not doing anything else. Okay, uh, I went. I it's. I went to Poland. I went to concentration camps and had a past life regression at a concentration camp. What? Yeah, yeah. Well, who were you? What? What the hell? This is wild. I wore a green coat and I- had short hair with red lipstick on. Oh my god. Taylor says, I know you guys had a discussion about grilled cheese where it smells, but I put leftover spaghetti bolognese in a grilled cheese one time and it blew my mind. Hashtag carb overload. Yes. Put carbs in your carbs. Screw you, Gordon Ramsay, you limey piece of crap. Is that racist against the Brits? Limey? What does limey mean? Like limey. he has Lyme disease? No, like limey. It's like a, a, you know, prejudice term against the Brits, but they're fine. I can call them that. What? You limey, limey, piece of crap. yeah, limey. Right? Okay. someone Google. Is uh, that offensive to say? I don't, think I don't so. know, but uh, put your spag bowl on your grilled <laughs> cheese. Live your life. I love you. Bryce Hamburger says baked beans on top of cheesy potatoes is the best side dish combo. Period with a T. Uh, okay, I I wouldn't know, and I don't like the idea of this. It sounds like it would give me the tummy gurgles. Yeah, yeah. Beans and potatoes are substitute goods. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like putting mayonnaise and avocado on a sandwich. Correct. Or mayonnaise and a fried egg, or, or avocado and a fried egg to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. I can put mayonnaise and avocados on a sandwich, but mm-hmm. uh, avocados and an egg can't do no, on they, a burger. No, they cancel each no, other out. Not on a burger. They cancel each other out? Yeah. Shouldn't be there. Beans shouldn't be on potatoes. It's like, <laughs> it's the reason I don't like mashed potatoes is because I love refried beans so much. And I would always <laughs> rather have... I would just rather have a large plate. Would you put lard in your mashed potatoes? No, I put mayonnaise in my mashed potatoes. <laughs> Why is no yeah, one putting lard there. in their mashed potatoes? That's what I'm saying. People should put bone marrow in their mashed potatoes. That's Ooh, what I'm talking bone about. Bone marrow mash? That's oh, my good. God. I just found one that speaks to me in an experience. Go for it. Alphabet Flight says, I like to drain my ramen and put ranch and Parmesan cheese like the shaky kind. <laughs> that was the only way I ate it as a kid and still do sometimes. This is a shout out to my good friend, and sophomore year of college roommate, Andrew Rickards. I once wrote a blog post about him calling him the worst cook I've ever met. <laughs> His signature dish, aside from vinegar chicken, uh, which was boiled chicken soaked in vinegar, was what he called pasta al rancho. It was spaghetti boiled, m- mixed with ranch dressing while it's hot, and added breadcrumbs and shaky Parmesan cheese on top. Ew. Yeah, yeah. Andrew no, Rickards? Andrew Rickards, yeah. Andrew Rickards. of pasta al rancho. Andrew Rickards... This is Nicole saying, ew. Ew. 
That's gross. I don't like this. My other roommate, though, Marcus, Marcus Begley, love you to death. He used to take uh, taquitos, like the frozen kind. Uh Uh-huh. And he would eat equal amount taquitos and bricks of cheese that were equally sized to the taquitos. Yeah, that's that's my kind of guy. Marcus? Yeah, yeah, Marcus. I would be friends with Marcus is what you're trying to say. Marcus, come on the show, man. What are you doing? Marcus, if you (laughs) eat taquitos and bricks of cheese that are the same exact size at the same time, call me. He also turned me on to Arizona Gunslinger Hot Sauce because he would dip that whole mess into Arizona Gunslinger Hot Sauce. Marcus, do you want a job? Come work here. (laughs) (laughs) Renegade Arts says, Butterfingers are chocolate-covered sawdust bars. I love Butterfingers, actually. Uh, No, it's not. The sawdust candy, what is it? What's an example of sawdusty candy? Necco wafers. Yeah, Necco wafers, Smarties. Yeah, no, no, Butterfinger is beautiful. Butterfinger is American halva. Yes. Right? It's American halva. Halva. There's different kinds of halva, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah, there's like the floss halva, but the the, the chewy, chewy, crunchy kind. Yeah. It's it's honey and sesame paste. Yes. Or or tahini. Tahini, yeah. That's like heated up until it's at this kind of beautiful, like hard It's a candy, stage. yeah. It's... Oh, God, so good. Yeah, Butterfinger's just a peanut butter halva. That's great. all it is. Yep. That's it. Oh, wait, God. I, I found one that I'm mad about. Do you even sous vide, bro? I don't use it often, but I hate seeing I ain't boiling my meat in a bag in grilling slash smoking groups. This is a 48-hour sous vide chuck roast seared at 700 poor man's prime rib. I don't, I don't like food communities that act as gatekeepers and mm-hmm. try and use this very insular language to make people think they're doing things wrong, right? It's yeah. like the same way that this sous vide dude feels about the grilling and smoking people talking crap about sous vide. It's the same way I feel when people are like, you don't sous vide your chicken breast. It's the only way to blah, blah, blah. No, like a gadget doesn't make you a better cook. I agree that sous vides have incredible uses. I agree that smoking and grilling on li- live fire does taste absolutely delicious. That said, if you don't have access to either of those things, you can still be an incredible cook, cook the best food of your life, and really live a full culinary journey. You don't need the gadgets. You said it, Josh. I agree with that 100%. I do enjoy my sous vide machine very much, but it doesn't make me a better or worse cook. Bingo. Yeah, except it does have a timer on it, which I really appreciate it, and it like beeps at you whenever... Yeah, I sous vide a Hot Pocket for two days once. Oh. It's pretty gross. That's uh, not what I expected you to say, but I'm proud of you for saying that. And on that note, thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. If you want to hear more from us in the Mythical Kitchen, we got new episodes for you every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on Opinions Are Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at MythicalChef or Zade with the hashtag OpinionCasserole. For more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube where we launch new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share pictures of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram at Mythical Kitchen. Send nudes. Noodles. <laughs> noodle pic- that was a Send no, us I realized, noodle pictures. Yeah, that came off wrong. It, it's it looks it's a pun if you write it out like N-O-O. send noodles. Send pictures of noodles. Don't oh god, why am I like this? <laughs> <laughs>